morning has turned to afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. But the grind carries on. Not just the grind physically, but the grind mentally. The Midday Grind, featuring a couple of TV jockeys who've also been through the radio wars. <laughs> serious? Martin Kilcoin. I was a little lit, so I was saying whatever I wanted. And Charlie Marlowe. Our top story tonight, John Jay will be back tomorrow. Here's him getting a hit in 2012. It's the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. It really is coveted hour. They're calling in. They're walking in. They all want to be part of it. Noon hour here. Five nine to the fan. Live from the Kirkwood Studios. Cards are going for a third straight over the Nationals. 19 and 10. But right now, this is a hockey town. This is a hockey show. Strick is in town because he's back from uh, Dallas. And on the line, Chuck Marlowe, also in Big D. A couple of guys holding this team accountable for not winning in more commanding fashion. Uh, Strick, I want to get to your trip in just a little bit, but let's welcome in the hockey uh, we're savant. done talking about the trip. No, we're not. <laughs> no chance. Uh, Charlie, are the boys ready? Let me tell you, Martin, the boys are ready. Out here yes. for morning skate. I see a real crisp practice. I see guys with want to. I see a team that wants to win a franchise record fifth straight on the road, head back to St. Louis, and close this baby out on Friday night. I can tell from their demeanor and their skating that this team wants it. Cinco de Tre will be Friday, and they can close it out in a game five. Uh, so the, they're on the ice now. They'll get a little skate, I would assume, and we can all chime in on it. I'm assuming... You don't change much, although it'd be fun to get Chief's reaction. If you said, you're going to change it up, Chief? And he should say, what are you, an idiot? I would think everything's the same. <laughs> um, I'm trying to check out lines and all that, and I don't think we should see any changes. Strick maybe a better person to ask on that, but why would you change <laughs> things up after what we saw in the previous game with Bortuzzo coming back, bringing the physicality for this series, and uh, keeping Schwartz at the top line? He obviously leads the team in goals in the playoffs with six. So why would you mess with what's working right now? Correct. Andy Strickland, Fox Sports Midwest, the host of Hockey Sense every Friday at 4 o'clock, back from his World Run Tour uh, to Dallas. Would you agree with that? If you're chief, basically you stick with what's working. No changes today. Very Although few Edmondson, coaches kind of a surprise that he was scratched. Well, no, he was kind of in the uh, – if you remember, I think uh, – what show was it, Hoff? Was it um... – uh, was it your show or was it Frank's show where I said I could see a change, potentially Joel Evanson? I thought maybe that was going to happen after game two. You were on with Larry two. Connors when you said after that. After game two. What was his, what was his uh, commercial Well, Andy, tonight, <laughs> well, we'll get to Obama. Let's start with that roster oh, for the Blues. Obama. So, uh, no, so I thought that, that, you know, I think, you know, Joel Evanson, even during the course of the regular season, there were some games where he was a healthy scratch. You know, I thought maybe after game one he would – uh, be taken out of game two, but they won the game. They stuck with it. So he's in a little bit of the doghouse right now, but this is the benefit about having some depth. You can kind of interchange some guys, and I wouldn't be shocked if we see Eddie back in there soon and and uh, maybe even a guy like Carl Gunnarsson take a seat at some point in time. Do Eddie's parents go to every game? Is I that saw their thing? them in Dallas, too. It's funny because they were... Uh, they drove from St. Louis to Dallas. They were driving back to St. Louis, and he said, the Schwartzes are hitching a ride with us. <laughs> oh, I like that. So, you know, it's like old-school youth hockey. I love that, too. Uh, Charlie Marlowe was there yesterday as well. What were the themes? It seemed like a lot of talk, clearly, 
about the uh, flopping, the diving by our guy Lindell. What other themes were covered post game three uh, and during Tuesday's get together? I think a lot of the uh, the writers were going after talking about Jay Bowmeister, a guy who blocked eight shots in that game three. And don't you think it's fair to say early on in the season, the fan base and media scrutinizing guys like Pat Maroon, who was looking to find a role, Jay Bowmeister, who's coming back from this injury that Craig Berube talked about yesterday, that thing should take a year. And I think it's, it would have surprised a lot of people if you said early on in the season when Jay Bowmeister was struggling that the Blues would sign him to a one-year contract at the end of this season before it even ended, and people would be totally okay with that. So a lot of discussion of Bowmeister and kind of doing all the little things and being that, that guy who doesn't really speak up much. He's one of those quiet leaders, but when he does say something, he has kind of the, uh, the whole room's attention. And that was a big theme, just the fact that, you know, Robert Bortuzzo has said this several times, the quiet confidence that the Blues have and how they basically got that, just going through all of the losing early and then winning all those games on the road, January and February. And Craig Berube talked about just the leadership in the room, guys like Steen, Bullmeister, who've kind of been through the wars before and have kind of instilled this quiet confidence that even if they're tied in the third and they lose the lead, they tie it back up, it does seem like this Blues team, they don't get rattled easily. Strick, I don't know if you heard the comment, and you may not have because you were traveling, but David Perron was asked about the line change because they put Schwartz Mm -hmm. back on the first line. Perron then was down to the second. And his quote was, we don't want to get to be like Hitch around here and changing things up. Did he say Hitch? He said Hitch. Specifically? Yes, and I thought it was – but I also said Barubi doesn't care whether Pran likes the line mm-hmm. change or not. No. And it seemed like it made sense to put Schwartz on that top line. No, he doesn't. And everybody wants to play with Ryan O'Reilly. And But this has been one area as to why Craig Barubi has been so popular with his team and his players is because he doesn't change the lines. And there's nothing players like more than consistency, knowing game in and game out, things aren't going to change if things don't go their way. But, you know, whatever buttons right now Craig Barubi is pushing, they're working. And is there a uh, obvious pick to click? I mean, Frank went with Braden Shen because he mm-hmm. thinks he's he's obviously way overdue. Time to break O'Reilly's out. been really quiet. Yeah. Do you see anybody in watching the game as close as you do? Somebody who's mm-hmm. close that maybe is about to put one in. I think Robert Thomas is getting close. Uh, you know, he had that good shot on uh, on Bowmeister, or excuse me, on Bozak's goal that trickled through the pads of, of Ben Bishop, who wasn't very good. I don't think we're talking about that enough. I mean, Ben Bishop has not been good in this series. Game one and game three, both games the Blues won. His save percentage well under 90%. I think it was 84% in game one, 88%, something like that in game three, maybe vice versa. Um, but uh, he's going to have to be better for Dallas. But I think um, just the way that line is playing right now, Robert Thomas has had a number of chances and just hasn't been able to finish. He and a guy like Sunquist, those are two guys that I wouldn't be surprised if they had big games tonight. Chuck, a pick to click down there. I know you're busy probably getting those 50-50 raffle tickets uh, purchased ahead of time. Do you have a you have a gut there, a pick to click? Because Kerber lately has been nailing it with Frank. He does these mm. predictions, and he has been – the other day he said, I would look for Bozek and Maroon to be involved heavily. Boom. Well, they're going to be involved and, and every game. they both were. For sure. Obviously, I feel like in the previous series, the second that we all started talking about Schwartz and Shen, they both went off. Schwartz went off, and, and that has continued. So I kind of like your idea of Braden Shen maybe uh, finding the back of the net. I think what Strick brought up, though, is very interesting because when you're talking about the goalie matchup, Ben Bishop will probably win the Vesna, and 
Jordan Bennington was arguably the best goalie in the NHL from January on when he came up. And I think when we always talk about hockey, about who outplayed the other team, we always focus on the skaters and we look at shots and hits and face-offs and all that. But you can obviously say that through three games, Jordan Bennington has outplayed Ben Bishop. And even if your team is getting outplayed a little bit, if you have the goalie back there who's keeping you in every game, you have a great chance to win. So I think maybe we're not talking – enough about the fact that through three games Jordan Bennington has outplayed Bender. Well, that's been that's the storyline for me. I think hockey is pretty simple when you break it down. If my goalie's better than your goalie, I win. If your goalie's better than my goalie, you win. It really isn't much more complicated than that. And, you know, Bishop, I don't know if he'll win the Vezina. He's a finalist. He's been a finalist in the past. I think, you know, Vasilevsky and Tampa Bay will probably end up winning that award. Um, you know, Bishop was hurt earlier in the year. He's dealt with a lot of injuries over the course of his career. Probably didn't play enough games, but certainly was great down the stretch. He has the ability to flip a switch and to put a team on his back and to steal a game. But he has not been good enough. If you're the Dallas Stars, a fan of the Dallas Stars, or their coaching staff, or a player, he, he's going to have to be better. If he's not better, there's no way they win the series. And Jordan Bennington, I'm going to think he's probably back in that, Chuck. <laughs> Somebody asked me that. Oh, somebody asked me that on Charlie no. Tuna's show. Did they? If there would be a short leash if <laughs> he didn't play his best, if he didn't have a good start, would there be a short leash for Jordan Bennington? And it wasn't Tuna I who asked the, the question. <laughs> that, that we still kind of joke around during the playoffs and we say Bennington first off the ice. I mean, the guy's been obviously the Blues' best player for about, for about four months. Mm-hmm. I just think it's – it's such an incredible story. Again, we've talked about it, and we probably don't talk enough about the fact that this guy basically toiled in the minors for eight years, was basically an afterthought. I mean, Strick, what was he, their fourth goalie entering this year? Yeah, Nobody I mean, he, he wasn't just whatsoever. in the minors. He was the backup goaltender in the minors. This yeah. is, if the Blues continue this run and obviously end with a Gloria playing in the dressing room after the final game of the year, this is as big of a story, and I'd be interested to hear everybody's take in terms of, is it even bigger? Uh, but it's certainly as big of a story as Kurt Warner. I mean, it's very similar. Maybe he didn't, you know, stock groceries, but Do here's we know the guy. That? Maybe he did. Well, maybe he did, but here's the guy last year who was sent home because he refused to go to the East Coast League, and he sat at home for a few weeks until they found him a spot to play, and... You know, then he comes into this year after making the American Hockey League All-Star team last year, kind of similar to the Arena League. Was was Kurt Warner a, a an All-Pro in the uh, Arena League or no? Um, but but he was an All-Star in the American Hockey League. He's a backup down to the minors this year. Gets called up to the NHL after Chad Johnson gets claimed on waivers, and he sat there on the bench. It's not like he he played. I mean, he sat there on the bench for. Several weeks when the Blues were getting blown out in some of these games against Calgary, against Vancouver, getting absolutely blown out, and he still wasn't in there the next game. So his patience, man, really paid off. 100%. All right, Chuck, I know you got to go. He's there at the skate. <laughs> Why the awkward silence? <laughs> the awkward, I wasn't were sure. Were you waiting if, for me to follow up? On I wasn't sure who was chiming <laughs> in. I'm sorry. It's not easy to do these things. They don't give these jobs to anyone. Well, oh, yeah. Your actually, life is so difficult. Actually, they do. Charlie Weller's there with our Fox 2 coverage. We'll see him live at 5 and 6, and then uh, post-game coverage late night tonight. Got it covered there in Big D. Oh, you did something touristy today, but also sort of historically significant. I'm a history buff. I got down here to American Airlines Center about 45 minutes early, and I'm thinking to myself, I've always wanted to check out Dealey Plaza. 
So I do the Google Maps. It was only like five minutes away. So I drive by it, and I want to go to the museum and all that, where apparently you can you can go to that, what, the fifth floor. I think it's now a, a museum, and you have all the, the monuments and memorials around there. So I just drove through. I didn't have enough time to, to stop, park, and actually check it out. I may do that here in between the skate and the game, but it was uh, it was pretty historic to just kind of drive around where all that uh, – happened 50 plus years ago mm. all right charlie safe travels we'll see you back in st louis you bring home a winner i will do so see you chuck State. see ya all right charlie marlowe fox 2 zone on location in dallas american airlines arena you know are you willing to go the kurt warner route this is you you're back because let me just say this if Bennington had played he more games, that. Strick doesn't care. He's running Thoroughly. through my stop sign. If Bennington Just had played more games, and I'm the third base coach. Oh, Kendo. If he had played more games, he'd be a Vesna finalist. And the only reason why he wasn't a Vesna finalist is because he didn't play enough games. So I mean, no, I, I think the Warner thing early on, we said that when he was doing great, we're like, I don't know, it's kind of crazy. He's out of nowhere, mm. and we said, all right, calm down. Kurt Warner's a Hall of Famer. He won a Super Bowl. But I'm not saying the whole body of right, work. Right, I'm right. saying the if, first season. If he does. Warner was how old? 27, 28? I'd say, yeah, at least 28. I, and by the time they won, maybe 29. Well, but won, I, yeah. they, what they won his first year. Right. The, I mean, the 99 season. <laughs> I'm the saying the year they won. won. Well, no, but I'm saying yeah, he, I think he, he was, was 27 here or 28. He was here earlier. Yeah. But if he does, I yeah, won't but you didn't pay attention him. to him when he was here earlier. You didn't know who the hell he was. Who, Bennington? No. No, I have Kurt Warner. And nobody paid attention to Jordan Bennington, even though he was a former third-round pick. Well, and the Blues didn't pay attention. And the Rams, even though it's all, you know, myth and lore at this point, they put him out there for the expansion draft for the Cleveland Browns to take, and they didn't take him. You know how many people I heard from after Bennington's first game, his first start in Philadelphia? And the exact quote was, I've seen this story before. Let's calm down. Everybody basically told you, calm down. But I'm right? like, I'm like, no, this guy is like, he's good. You know, it's not. How like, could they? How could they? Not to be negative and what's no, been a no, positive no, no, story, no, no, but no. how did they miss it? But let me just say this: I, in the American Hockey League, it's not like when you get to the NHL, they have some magic power in terms of how they shoot the puck. I mean, 25 year old, 26, 27 year olds down in the American Hockey League, they can rip the puck too. They can shoot really hard. Okay, so he can stop the puck, and if you're playing at a 92% clip down there, which he was, and playing unbelievable hockey. Like I said, an all-star last year. I was told by somebody with the Bruins, they tried hard. I don't know how hard, but they tried to trade for Bennington and bring him into the Bruins organization last year. And the best thing for Bennington is that it didn't happen because they've got Tuka Rask there and, and um, you know, probably uh, wouldn't have been given the opportunity that he's getting here. But it just goes to show you, how many times have we said in Blues history – the team was really good. They just never had a goaltender. Every year? This is the first time that you can honestly say that you go into every game. You don't even think about Jordan Bennington. Like, that's not even a concern. It's not even in the on the tip of your brain to even think about whether Jordan Bennington is going to have a good game or not. You're just confident that he is going to play well and at the very least give the Blues a chance to win. Even the game two, the home loss on Saturday – when there were the three early goals, Dallas mm. looked really it was good. unbelievable the next two periods. I said to myself, he'll still give you a chance to mm. win. He shut the door. He, he's still going to leave it where you got a chance to win this game, that's which right. they did. They got it to 3-2 early in the third period. I think that's one thing that jumps out at you. 
is he rarely, 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 if ever, blanks the bed and just like has a terrible game. Now, Winnipeg, even the six-goal game, mm-hmm. I think he was just kind of hung out to drive, but he still gave up all six. But Ooh, for the most part, he's going to give you a winnable start every single night. I've and seen that him is play different. one game where I say he just didn't play well. And it was in Anaheim, and I think the Blues still won the game, like 6-5, something like that. And he let in some goals that you're not used to seeing. I think he allowed, in the Winnipeg series, one goal against that you could argue was a bad goal. And it was a great shot by Dustin Bufflin, albeit from below the goal line or right there at the goal line from a bad angle. That's the only goal you could say, while he probably should not have let in, um, that we would maybe call it a bad goal. I don't know. Uh, but this guy's been I, – I can't even explain what he's meant to this organization. You look at the New York Islanders right now. I know you're following that very closely too. But, you know, they're in the second round. They get a new head coach, and they get a goaltender in Robert Leonard, in, in Robin Leonard. To me, that's the two most important things. That's what you need right now in the National Hockey League. You need a head coach, and you need a goaltender. You have both of those. Everything else kind of falls into place, and you'll have a chance to win. How about Trotsy still standing, and his former team, the Caps, are out? Hey, Hockey Talk right here, Wednesday edition. We've got a game for 8.30, 8.45, whatever it happens to be tonight, NBC Sports Network. You can get involved. Questions for Strick. He, you know what we should do, Huff? We should play Jet Airliner because <laughs> Strick was just on a private jet. Or we were, you know how we knew about this? How'd you know about this? Uh, Daddy Padre called in the show on Monday and said, mm-hmm. hey, you know Strick's on a PJ right now. And we said, what? Since on a private jet, he and Biff are hanging out. I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't know how it happened, but Strick I had back. never heard of Biff. I didn't know who Biff was. Had no idea. We met. A couple of days ago, ended up being a great guy. We had a great time in Dallas, ended but there was like three guy. or four other people there too. And Goldfinger was the one who Goldfinger's has the plane. Goldfinger's my guy, absolutely. We I would, how do I make Goldfinger my guy? <laughs> Everybody, I bring up to Marty. He wants to. Oh, yes. I should call him. I got an idea. I should call that it's guy. It's true. I want to hang out with that guy. <laughs> I need. It. We should have done a video of this. Getting on the jet airliner, buzzing to Dallas. Took a great picture. Uh, a friend you had the cup with a, you. A, well, a friend of mine who. Um, was also on the plane. We, I have a mutual friend who I met Goldfinger through several years ago. Who's Goldfinger? And they, I, I think know. I think Biff called him Jaws. On the so a lot of Bond references yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so was there a money penny? He brought Goldfinger a uh, Doctor No, a replica Stanley Cup that he bought for like three, four hundred bucks, <laughs> and he brought it to him, and and so that made the trip. You guys with going us. tonight? We're not going tonight. So no. one one time deal. What other uh, Bond round, are there? Was there a Q an M? No, I think there was a 002. Okay. I think a Cookie Monster. Bond cookie girls. Monster. Goldfinger. That's not a Bond character. Goldfinger. Sesame and uh, he was trying to come up with a name for me. I just didn't want one. Didn't want a name. You got Ooh, it all. nickname Strick. <laughs> it's got to be Bond related. Strick nasty. They were kept home. It was fun, man. I had a great time. Dallas is a great city. Um, home rink, though, not real crazy. No, they, don't get, they don't know. It's like. You know Ezekiel Elliott. You know he's eating in the in the front row. He's always always eats after he gets a first down. Um, a kid got hit with a puck and he goes over there and helps him. But they, in terms of a raucous environment, no, no it's no, not. Nobody's ever said, "Oh, how are we going to go to Dallas?" No. And win? nobody's no, ever said. No, but there aren't too many buildings like that anyway in today's NHL. That's true. I mean, they're all very similar. For Winnipeg, you kind of had a feeling that that's a rowdy place. It's loud. For and... sure, they've got the whiteout. The the Dallas building was yeah. very disappointing. I will say that it always seems that way. I, I saw that so many blues, so many people from St. Louis. I mean, a friend of mine whose whose son goes to SMU, I just ran into him in the concourse, 
and there's a bunch of Blues fans there. And, of course, the Edmondsons and the Schwartzes, who are at every game. Uh, Strick, what we should do, get people involved. Text in 855-282. I'm going to start calling Mr. Edmondson, Kyle Ripken. I mean, his streak is unbelievable. They go to all the, the last time. I didn't know they were driving back and forth. I thought maybe <laughs> the kid was popping for some of these flights. 855-282-8255. Triad Bank brings you Take It to the Bank. How about some bold predictions for tonight? Maybe a pick to click. Kerber's mm-hmm. been on a great roll, but also uh, Jordan Bennington. Yeah. What kind of career do we think this guy's going to have? Get involved. Triad Bank brings you Take It to the Bank, and you should take your banking business mm-hmm. to the neighborhood friendly bank. Located in Frontenac, they're on Clayton Road. It's one block west of Lindbergh, right off Highway 40. Easy to get to. The 6440 exit at Lindbergh, and you are there. Triadbanking.com is the website. And if you're a business owner looking to do a little more business, make sure you talk to them. All of the decisions are made right here in St. Louis. doesn't go to New York or L.A. This is a St. Louis-based bank. It was started here in 2005. All right, your take, you were in the building, but mm-hmm. on S.A. Lindell flopping around right in front of me actually was it i guess curbs that some people try to paint it as gamesmanship my first thought was oh god bertuz is beating somebody up like he's zach sanford but he he actually was just trying to engage him correct a little bit yeah i mean i thought the first i mean absolutely i mean there's a there's a scrum going on he's trying to play hard you know play up to the line normally when you're down a man you normally get away with that type of stuff I mean, watch Alexander Steen if he's ever killing off a five-on-three power play. And the Blues have three, okay? So, yeah, I mean, he'll slash the hell out of everybody because he's like, hey, the officials aren't – they're not going to call another one. Chances right. are they're not going to call another one. So you can get you, you can get away with it. Um, I don't know. You don't like to see guys dive like that, but it was a pretty obvious dive. Normally, and we see guys do this all the time, and they're really good at it, and maybe it's a little more difficult for the official to catch. I'll give the official credit for calling it. Um but he's taking some heat now, man. Yes, that's probably the worst reputation you can have as an NHL player. So I can't imagine he feels too good about himself. And knowing Jim Montgomery as well as I do, I would imagine he had a talk with him about that too. All right, that said, when the Blues do have the man advantage, got to get that going. I think it's, is it over the last nine, maybe one for nine overall? Just terrible numbers in this series. In addition to that, giving up a goal shorthanded yeah. to Dallas while you were on the power play. Mm-hmm. Anything that in that regard that you could change if you're the coaching staff, chief, and others – to get the power play going. Whenever you're not scoring on the power play, you just got to get pucks to the front of the net. It really comes down to that stuff. You just never know if it's going to hit a body, hit a leg, and go in. Um, rebound's going to be sitting there. Uh, the biggest issue a couple of games ago at home in game two when the Blues were 0 for 5, I just thought Dallas did a great job in terms of how they pressured the Blues up ice. Wouldn't allow the Blues to even get, let alone get you know enter the zone and get set up. They couldn't even get through the neutral zone. You know, so... Um, there were opportunities, I thought, to get pucks in deep on the power play going back to game two. And uh, maybe a misread here or there, trying to do a little bit too much, led to a turnover. Uh, but you got to give Dallas's PK a lot of credit. I mean, I know Nashville's power play has been terrible all season long. But there's a reason why Nashville, I think it was 0 for 12, 0 for 15, something like that in the first round. Dallas's PK did a good job. They got a good coaching staff. But I think they, they, you got to get more pucks directed to the front of the net. I think the Blues are averaging less than two shots per power play. Strick is in the house. Pat Maroon in the score sheet with the game winner. I can't believe he has three career game-winning playoff This goals. guy has more um, but that, playoff I think most... experience than people realize. He went to the conference final a few years back playing with Anaheim, where they had a three-games-to-two lead on Chicago. They lost to the Blackhawks. Blackhawks ended up winning the Stanley Cup. But he was unbelievable in that series. 
really good in that series. So good to see him do well. What have you? Hey, let me can I say something about Pat Maroon? Sure. Everyone was talking about well, you know, give Doug Armstrong credit because he didn't overreact, didn't trade a star player. People have mentioned Tarasenko and Petrangelo and some of these other guys, Shen, but he hang he hung on to Pat Maroon too. So it's not just the star guys. Pat Maroon was a guy who was rumored to be going on waivers. There may or may not have been a conversation between he and Doug Armstrong in the middle of the year. I mean, he didn't feel good about his game whatsoever. Ryan O'Reilly was the one who really lifted Pat Maroon up and had a long conversation with him. And O'Reilly's dad did as well and had a conversation with him and said, hey, listen, you know, and O'Reilly's dad's kind of a life coach, a performance coach. That's his job is to pump your tires, you know. So, so <laughs> his business card says, so I'll he pump lifted your tires. Pat Maroon up and Ryan O'Reilly did too. And he said, you know what? You're a great player. Here's what you do. Well, here's how you're helping us. So don't get down. I know you're down right now. And, you know, I did a uh, long form interview with Pat for the blues. They call it the, uh, the late shift. If you've seen any of those. And he taught, he told that story about he and, and Ryan O'Reilly. I thought it was a great story. Um, but hanging on to Pat Maroon has obviously been huge too. Not just, uh, Refusing to trade away the star players. Interesting because Panger yesterday told Frank that Doug Armstrong had a conversation with the team at he one did. point in, in Edmonton, I believe, and basically said, "I'm not trading any of you." Doubling guys. down, yeah, doubled down and said, "All right, this is our team. We still are good enough." I'm not sure when that was, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. basically let them know nobody's getting traded. We're going to sink or swim with this group. Well, there were so many rumors floating around. I think sometimes the players need to hear that from a general manager. When their name is going through through you know the rumor mill, I think that's difficult, especially for players who aren't used to it. I think it was hard on Vladimir Tarasenko. In fact, I know it was. Like, am I getting traded? I think his no trade kicks in on July first this year. You know, um, you know they just moved to a new house. His wife likes it here. Kids like it here. He's got a young kid. Like that can be difficult for a player to hear when their name is in the rumor mill. So I think you got to have a good finger on the pulse of your team. And have a good feel for who they are and how it may be impacting individual players when they're hearing their name be circulated through trade rumors. And that conversation proved to be huge because it was after that conversation. That conversation took place in Edmonton. I think the day the team um, landed and Doug Armstrong had individual meetings with every player. Every player had individual meetings. And uh, it certainly calmed a lot of guys down, calmed their nerves down and allowed them to kind of regroup and focus and just play hockey, and it's proved to be critical in terms of where they are right now. All right, we'll get into some of your texts for Strick. Hockey talk here, Midday Grind, 590 The Fan, live from the Kirkwood Studios. This hour brought to you by Appliance Discounters, a great St. Louis success story. They started 10 years ago. One location, that was in Webster Groves on Watson. Now they're about to open shop number seven. That's going to open in one month, June 1st. The newest location to serve the Maplewood Heights, Maplewood Heights, Maplewood Richmond Heights. You can call it Maplewood Heights. The Maplewood Richmond Heights area. It's right there at the Deer Creek Plaza off Laclede Station Road. You can always find all the merchandise online, theappliancediscounters.com. Now, this Maplewood, or you call it Maple, Maple Heights. Just call it Maple Heights. Maple Heights. Maple Heights is going to offer something really unique. If you want some appliances with a little flair, they're calling mm. it the art of appliance. Some different, bold, different colors, kind of bold colors yeah, yeah. for your appliances. Something different. That's going to be starting on June first. But right now, you can check out all the material at theappliancediscounters.com. They're in St. Charles. They're in Baldwin. They're in South County. 
city of St. Louis, downtown, also in Fairview Heights, Illinois. That's what Albert Bell gets all his appliances. Theappliancediscounters.com. And if you're in the market for a new car, Offenberg Hyundai, located in O'Fallon, Illinois. It's the Greenmount Road exit. Great-looking vehicles, award-winning vehicles. In fact, the Kona is now picking up a uh, North American award as well. These are SUVs that won't cost you an arm and a leg to fill up. Talking about the Santa Fe, the Tucson. Great vehicles, and because it's Offenberg, you're going to get great service. OffenbergHyundai.com. Begin the search there. Then stop by. Go for a test drive. If you haven't been in a Hyundai, find out what you've been missing. Offenberg Hyundai, O'Fallon, Illinois. Each time you leave, because darling, I'm a nightmare dressed like a daydream. So it's 